like it's a song that's you know, he's played a ton but i remember the first time i heard backstreets um we were at hershey uh went to the hershey we always wanted to go to hershey park so oh nine we went to that show and i had not heard backstreets yet and um i just remember as soon as i heard roy start the uh the intro because like some like uh, if i had won the super bowl i guess uh just to hear that uh the excitement anytime he plays that song um there's yeah. a sense of magic in my in my heart whenever he plays batch foods for instance i just think i just think that's one of his um it's my favorite song of his so Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And it's Solomita? Yes, it's Alec with a C, Solomita. All right, very nice. Well, I am so glad you're joining me. Uh, I appreciate it. We just were talking about um your wife's a teacher she's going back to school your kids are going back to school um summer's coming to an end for you isn't it yes crazily enough in early august but yes yeah that is very crazy well tell us a little about yourself um well let's see i'm married a father of two i have an eight-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter Uh, i'm a bankruptcy attorney here in uh, orlando and that's i guess that's basically it Okay. Uh, how long have you been living in Orlando? Um, so I've been living in Orlando for about 16 years. I mean, I've been, I've been living in Florida since I'm 41 years old. I've been living in Florida since I was five. So, okay. you know, born in Long Island, but raised in Miami and then central Florida the rest of the time. Okay. Um, Florida, a lot of crazy stuff going on, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah. Well, you know, I, our governor is an idiot. And, well, uh, <laughs> I've been living in Texas, so we could have a debate on which one <laughs> is crazier. I think it depends on the day. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, yeah. It's pretty scary over here right now because uh, for some reason, people uh, don't want to get vaccinated, I guess. I don't, know. I don't get that. I just really don't, Alex. And I, I just um, I, I don't understand not following the science. And I I. I worry about people and uh, it, you know, and things are going back to normal here in Texas, but, you know, um, my wife and I both were vaccinated. Our son just had his first shot. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that everyone would just kind of embrace this, this like, okay, let's get back to normal. But there is a reluctance for some reason. It's it, it it's befuddling to me. Uh, you know, uh, the only people are not vaccinated in my house are the kids because they can't be. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, it's, I'm, it's nerve wracking because they're going to go back to school and uh, <laughs> like I'm making sure they wear their masks still, but it's not mandated that they have to anymore, which is right. kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Well, uh, let's start at the beginning. You said you grew up in Long Island, but moved to Florida very early. Talk about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to? Okay, so my my mom listened to like the Supremes and you know maybe some some Motown, Beatles, and things like that. My dad, he um, was kind of all over the place. I, you know, the eighties. Um, he, he loved all the like we we listened to all the pop music that was on the radio. But then he also was into like. Broadway or Barbara Streisand. Um, he was definitely the more musical of the two, but neither one of them uh, were Bruce fans. Were you a, you know, did you kind of rebel against that music? Did you enjoy the music that they were watching, you know, listening I, to? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I, you know, I, because like a lot of it, they listened to a lot of the popular radio. Like, you know, when you, it's kind of different than, for instance, my kids now. I listen to, 
E Street Radio a ton. Though. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's not like a radio station that just plays the music that everybody's listening to. Whereas, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was a little, yeah. a little different. But I, I didn't rebel against it. I, um, you know, eventually I got my own taste. But growing up, I kind of enjoyed whatever there where it was on the radio so when you were reaching high school what kind of music were you listening to um oddly enough back then there was it was all hip-hop at that point okay um, you know like uh outcast Tang clan uh tupac things yeah. of that nature so I, I, not that i didn't I, I knew other music but rap music was definitely probably 90 percent of what i listened to so how did you and not that you've abandoned hip hop, right? But how did you go from, how did you discover Bruce? And if you can, what about his music spoke to you? Okay, uh, well, so Bruce is a funny story because when I was four years old, that was uh, born in the USA time period. And so I, the folklore has it in my family that I, um, I started, I guess, to watch the Born in the USA video. I must've really liked what I saw. And I used to, wrap something around my head to pretend it was a bandana and I used to go around the house singing born in the USA. So um, I always had a, I guess, a, a, a love for Bruce Springsteen from a young age, but, you know, um, so I knew all the music that came out at that time period, like, you know, the famous songs like born in the USA, dancing in the dark, my hometown, I'm on fire. Those four specifically I remember. Is there a um, photo of young Alex with the headband? I don't. They didn't take one, unfortunately. Oh, no. I know. Like, I would love to, to be able to, like, yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm ask going to ask for a photo to include on when I release the podcast. And <laughs> that would have been great to have young Alex, you know, <laughs> born in the USA. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I am definitely proud of myself at that age. And I, I yeah. think, um, you know, my parents weren't necessarily into it, but I think. My sister liked the album and we had a family friend that liked the album. So I, I must have remembered it and retained it. And I remember when Tunnel of Love came out, I didn't hear the album, but I heard the singles. So I kind of always had him in the back of my head. And the thing about Bruce is um, he wasn't that pro prolific in the 90s, especially for exactly somebody, you know somebody my age. But Streets of Philadelphia was uh, a big hit. And I love the movie. Um, and I, I love that song, especially... Um, it resonated with me. My father, uh, my parents divorced when I was eight, but my father was um, was a homosexual. So uh, that that you know that the fact that he did that song, that movie itself really meant something to him and me as well. Um, yeah, I, so. I can imagine. I know Bella Pori, who's been on the show a couple of times, multiple times. Um, talked about being a lesbian to have that that was significant with her and that's what was the gateway to her discovering bruce yeah it's i mean it's kind of crazy how um he can mean so much to so many different people in, in, in so many different ways and you know i think my dad actually did like that song at least but um that so as far as what resonated with me i guess he just always was something i guess since i was four that you know that meant something to me but what happened was when i went to um when i turned 18 i started looking into different music uh you know it started with like you know Jimi hendrix and, okay uh, then it was like you know the rock bands at the time that had chili peppers raised against the machine um, right different things like that i ended up buying a lot of greatest hits albums from different artists and i bought bruce's greatest hits um and that's when I actually, I guess in my head, I always thought he was born in the USA and I didn't even realize he had much stuff before that, which is kind of crazy because he had 11 yeah. years. Uh, so I, I learned a lot about, about him from that. And then um, when the rising came out, I remember buying that uh, CD and wearing it out. And I, yeah. I think that's when I really got more into him. And then to bridge it all together in 2007, um, magic came out. And I love that record. Um, I loved how uh, passionate he was. And I felt like he had, out of all the artists that I was listening to, he kind of hit the, you know, the nail on the head of what I was feeling you know, at, you know, in this country at that time. Sure. And maybe around December or so, the tickets started to go on sale for the concert in April of 08 in Orlando. 
Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, you have to buy tickets. You have to go. I'd never been to a concert before for anybody. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, I guess, um, you know, I, I always thought, oh, you know, most of the time, whenever I saw people live on TV, I thought that they didn't sound as good as the albums did. So I was like, I don't know, you know, how right. to go. But we got the tickets. Um, oddly enough, uh, the first show, the show that was scheduled was canceled or rescheduled because of Danny, uh, Danny's death. We ended right. up being the second show after he died. And I remember, uh, you know, we went to that. So I remember, I remember being excited the whole entire day, like, because I, I really got into him. Like, E Street Radio was, I started listening to it around, you know, the fall of 07. So I had a really, a pretty good grasp of his music at that point. And I remember the first time I saw him come out, I was like, oh I just, it was the closest I can think of. I saw the, the Chicago Bulls play the Miami Heat when I was a, uh, 16 i think and you know i saw michael jordan you know i was in the last row of the upper deck but i saw michael jordan i was in the same building with him and that's kind of how it felt to see bruce that uh, is a great analogy that i i that right that power of there yeah well it's crazy because you know I, whether whether i grew up with i didn't grow up with him the same way maybe some people did where they where he was their whole life or whatever musically but i grew up with him enough that it was like seeing this mythical figure and then to make it even better, he's just for the next two and a half hours, it just he just blew our minds. My wife was my wife wasn't even a big Bruce fan. She liked him, but um she was in awe of everything we were watching that night as well. And you know, both of us were hooked from that point on. Uh and we're like we became, you know, concert junkies after that. Oh well, that's great. Well, I, I always preface this, Alex, that the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of your fandom because, you know, someone like yourself comes to the show late or maybe where you live. So how many times have you seen him live? Uh, this is embarrassing to admit because it's financially responsible, but we've seen him. I've seen him, I think, like 63 times. But so you made up for lost ground right like once you saw you 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 made up for lost ground we i did we did um so what happened was after the the orlando show um i have family in long island or actually well not in long island but in connecticut and so we were out there and he was playing in you know giant stadiums so we went to yeah. one of the shows then and then we found out he was coming back to Florida to Jacksonville. So like, we'll drive there. So we saw three shows there. And then um, when he announced the work on a dream tour, my wife and I were like, okay, you know what? We're just, instead of going on a vacation or anything, we're just going to go to as many shows as we can in the Northeast where we, you know, a lot of times we could stay with family or, you know, somehow make it semi, or, you know, we affordable or, you know, we could stay there long enough to go see multiple shows. So we, we went crazy on that tour and then um the wrecking ball tour was kind of our last hurrah as far as okay we're going to go to a ton of shows because we knew that we were starting the family after that point so i've seen him since the wrecking ball tour but those two tours specifically we really went to a ton of concerts and so, I, I mean it's it's it was a, it's a lot of fun well i know you um appreciate that right like the i used to make the joke uh what did we do before there was little league like like when my son was playing little league or what do we do before there was cub scouts right because you know once you raise your you know you get involved with raising your kids you know it's it's all encompassing and that's your know your your friends become the other parents and so i think that was very smart of you guys to like okay we haven't started the family yet this is our vacation money you know, let's eat cold bologna sandwiches. Maybe we're going to see as many shows as we could see. It, it you know, it, it was uh, financially not the not the smartest move, but um, uh, mentally and spiritually, it was the best move we could have made. And you know, <laughs> I've met some uh, different people that you know. I have somebody that's become a close friend that uh, she um, has been a Bruce fan since I think '73. Yeah, and. Uh, so, you know, get gotten to learn from some veterans there, but it's, it's been an amazing journey and, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to find a way to go to as many shows as we can in the next tour, but it won't be like, you know, what, what we did back in 09 and 2012, yeah. that, that would be impossible. Right. 
uh, yeah, I, I think all of us are looking forward to him being back on the road and, and trying to, you know, see how many we can go to and get to. That's, that's great. Um, so talk to me about, are there songs or, well, tell me some stories from some of those concerts. Any, any fun stories to tell me about the different times on the road? Uh, let's see. Um, I guess one of my favorite, I don't know how great of a story it is, but I had never been in Madison Square Garden okay. before uh, the, the 2009 uh, Two Night Stand that he did. And um, that's when he was doing the full albums. So we got to see The Wild and the Innocent and the East Street Shuffle and The River and back-to-back nights. Nice. And I think that was one of the highlights of... Yeah, because yeah. at the time... You know, he even said never to be repeated because the river was so long. And then, you know, in 2016, we did get the river. But at the time, it's like, man, that's a one in a lifetime thought. Like, you know, that was the thing. It was it was not just that, though. It was just this, I guess, um, maybe because of how big a basketball fan I am. Madison Square Garden always meant something to me to go there. Yeah. And. They really did feel magical those two nights, uh, to the point where you know at some point I'm watching him on the second night and he's performing "Fade Away," uh, and not a song that I've. I mean, I like that song, but nothing I've ever really truly thought of one way or the other. And to see him, um, the way he was getting into it, and I, I don't know, I was just like I felt like out of body for a second, where I was like, I can't believe I'm witnessing this. Uh, you know, him performing these albums the way he put on the shows and uh, the effort that he put into it and how perfect, you know, I, I, and I know that some people would probably, you know, there's things you can criticize about, you know, the sound or a, a flub note here or there, but it, it was sounded perfect. It sounded perfect to me that night. And, and the wild, the innocent, especially, I was really excited because New York city serenade is one of my favorite songs. And yeah. that was the first time I got to hear it. And obviously I heard it a couple more times in 16 when he played play at the end of the tour and that, yeah. That was, you know, one of my favorite things to see. So, absolutely. Um, my my son would love to go up to Madison Square Garden. He's a huge uh, Dallas Maverick fan and NBA mm-hmm. fan. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is an iconic venue. Uh, you mentioned you're uh, a basketball fan. What? Who do you follow? I mean, now I just watch to watch. Okay. Uh, you know, I grew up. I grew up in Miami, but I was always a Bulls fan because of Michael Jordan. Scott okay. uh, once they broke up, I tried just to stay. I can't say stay neutral. There's certain players I root for. Be, like, for instance, Luca out there in Dallas. I love watching him. Play. Yeah, he uh, you know, he is something special. Uh, you know, my yeah. son just adores him. And he's like, you know, and, and my son's 32. So. He was too young to enjoy the super the the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin Cowboys. So he's been, you know, watching really bad football for a long time. Uh, but you know, as he says, you know, Dirk gave me a championship. I got to enjoy, you know, Dirk Nowitzki and that whole thing, that journey of beating he them. A, he was and, at a perfect age too. He was thirty-two yeah. then. He was what twenty-two then. So yeah. yeah, exactly. He was just you know enjoying it and so um he's just so excited about luca and just watches him you know watches almost every game and you're right he's he is a very exciting young player i'm it's, it's he, special. i mean yeah watching the nba finals was a uh, really fun too like Giannis, yeah uh, watching him oh yeah at that level. exactly uh, it was I, I love I absolutely love basketball. It's funny you say you're um, a Cowboys fan. I, I reckon that from the other episodes yeah. I've heard. I was a big Giants fan, so sorry. No, no, that's Although okay. We understand. <laughs> yeah. To the point that our our oldest son is named Eli. So, oh, very nice. Uh, well, it's it's funny, you know. Stan Goldstein was, you know, when I did the tour, when I went up to see, you know, Bruce at the Met, you know, life you know stadium um the next night i got on stan and stan did a tour and we were driving along and he goes and oh the only person this car will care jesse that is jason garrett's parents house (laughs) you know (laughs) i went oh okay uh so yeah i uh 
Jason's a huge Springsteen fan. Yeah, I've seen it. I heard it. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. And so, yeah. And so I, I've always liked him. So I hope he's doing, I, my hope is he's going to do well for the giants. I know he's your offensive coordinator and, and I, you know, I, I hope because I just think he's a good guy. You he know, seems like a real good guy. I've actually yeah. taken a step back in my fandom. I haven't liked how the owners have done certain things. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, um, I don't, I wish him Jason Garrett well because he, he did yeah. seem like a really nice, he, he kind of, somebody had to take the heat, I guess, for the Cowboys. And exactly. I guess when, always going to be the coach it's kind of like when Coughlin got fired I was like yeah he didn't deserve to get fired it was just somebody had to go and it's never going to be the GM that fires himself so. no exactly absolutely um so um any other stories about uh shows that you you know memorable songs you heard or experiences yeah well you know I I mean sometimes it's just it's a song that's yeah, he's played a ton, but I remember the first time I heard Backstreets. Um, we were at Hershey, uh, went to the Hershey. We always wanted to go to Hershey Park, so '09 we went to that show, and I had not heard Backstreets yet. And um, I just remember as soon as I heard Roy start the uh, the intro, there was like some like uh, if I had won the Super Bowl, I guess uh, just to hear that uh, the excitement. Anytime he plays that song, um, there's yeah. a sense of magic in my in my heart whenever he plays Backstreet's for instance. I think I just think that's one of his um, it's my favorite song of his. So outside of that, I mean it's we went to Wrigley Field, so that was really fun to see them play in Wrigley Field and um, being a big rage against the machine fan and a late later in life Pearl Jam fan as well, uh, Eddie Vedder and Tom Rello, uh perform both nights, you know, on different songs. Uh, hearing Eddie Vedder sing Darkness on the Edge of Town uh, with Bruce, I think Eddie Vedder is probably the, the most qualified person to sing Bruce lyrics besides Bruce Springsteen. Like, I don't think yeah. anybody can just sing Darkness on the Edge of Town. I think that's actually a really, like, iconic Bruce song, and you sure. have to have something special. And uh, the fact that he was able to share the stage and sing it, I remember, like, being in awe of that. Um, I love seeing Morello uh, tour with them. Story uh, we saw maybe five shows that tour, and that that was that was one of the best parts of it because I remember being so jealous of Australia because yeah. um, he had toured uh, with them all through Australia. And I was like those lucky uh, fans out there. I wish I at the time my wife was pregnant. I honestly, uh, uh, the you know how expensive it would have been to fly out. Oh yeah, sure. I thought about it just because he was there and I yeah. thought I missed my shot. And then yeah, when I found that he was going to tour um, with them in 14, that was one of the most exciting things to go. And, you know, he, he took Bruce out of his comfort zone in some ways that, like, you know, he played a lot of interesting music, um, you know, the clamp down. Uh, we got to see that multiple times the clash cover. Uh, he sang uh, Joe Hill. Um, we all went to the show in Tampa where he sang Joe Hill. Cause it was like, um, I'm blanking on the union holiday, but it was, yeah. Um, but so things like that, um, a lot of times it's just, uh, you know, the craziness of, of it all. I mean, my daughter was born in July of 2016, late July. Uh, but my wife and I wanted to see, um, Bruce, uh, one more time. So we flew to Philly. And she took the first night. I took the second night. We stayed. I, you know, we stayed that you know, is so that. awesome. That is greatness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's great. What's crazy is, you know, we both uh, got GA or, you know, you know in, the, in the pit, not really in the pit, like, you know, stadium. So you know we're near the state. But uh, we both are, have different stories of, you know, moving around, getting as close as you can possibly get. Her getting excited for a certain song. She got to see, uh, hear the fever, which I've never heard. And then I got um, I got something that night that I never heard before. And like actually, Streets of Philadelphia, oddly enough. Okay. Uh, so that was the, the only time I ever heard that line. So we both got to see some uh, random uh, random songs that don't normally get played. And actually, Philly, um, we we saw him at that same uh, stadium back in 2012 as well. It's really Philly's a, probably maybe. The, might be one of the best, it might be the best place to see Bruce Ogden, like even more than Jersey in some ways, as far as it's kind of the crazy set list that you get. I've you know. heard that from other people. And in fact, um, 
the sh I was interviewing, um, I was doing a, another episode right before this one, and uh, he um, he's in the Chicago area, and I talk about that. Um, there are, I think there there are certain cities that claim that are able to claim that Bruce loves performing. And I think Chicago is one. I think he really likes that. And I do agree, Jersey, but I do think Philly has something special, you know, and, and where he just, he just always seems to bring something out a little special when he's at Philly. It's, it's true. Um, we got to see two of the final four shows he did at the Spectrum. And so I guess the funny story there is I was, um, I went, we got lucky enough to figure out a way to see all, I saw all five of the last shows at Giant Stadium. My wife came through a few of them, but I was I managed to to see all five, and uh, I was so pumped to see Dark and Southern Edge of Town uh, live for the first sure. time. And um, I found out he was doing it in Philly. And the funny thing was, we had tickets to Philly, but we had tickets to the last show, which was the Born in the USA show. So I. Right. I remember thinking, like, why is he not playing Darkness uh, when I'm going? You know, like, you know, kind of sure, swirled. absolutely. So we ended up getting, I ended up finding a ticket, and and okay, I got to go see this one more time because it's my favorite album, and I need to see him perform it. And those Spectrum shows were nuts, but the craziest thing was here I was upset that I wasn't going to see the Darkness show, got to see it, and the Born in the USA show was the best show of of that stand, and one of the best shows I've ever seen, and. It's just crazy how that worked because right if in that right you kind of like oh man who knew right that that was yeah I mean, it, it was funny it's uh everybody has that moment where they think Bruce looks at them at a show at least one time right and so that night uh he played the his open with the price you pay which I think was the first time he had played it since the River Tour and I I remember getting real excited when I heard the notes looking at Bruce and. And I'm sure he was just looking at the section because our the section we were at wasn't that far away and we were pretty pumped for it. But in my head, it's like, oh yeah, he recognizes me now at this point, you know. And you just you want to believe that, even though it's probably not true. But like he having had this, he had this satisfactory look, like he knew he was uh, giving the fans something that night. They had no idea what was coming, and that show just kind of took off from there. It was that's the show where they started playing higher and higher, and that, you know, that became a staple of that tour. But that entire show is just nuts. Um, that sounds and, really nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, and that was Philly. So yeah, Philly. I you know it's close enough to Jersey too. I think, and I, you know, I, at the time, I was, you know, that was back when his mom was still able to to right, be at the show. Shows. I think she was at one of the shows, and she you know, mm -hmm. he danced with her and everything. Like, it's pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, so, how are you doing converting your two younger ones? Uh, are they fans or are they, uh, or are they go, that's mom and dad's music. Probably a mixture. Um, yeah. they, they will tell you that they love Bruce Springsteen because, you know, if they say no, they know that I'm going to, you know, put them up for adoption. But, um, in all seriousness, they, when I'm listening to them on the radio, they'll ask me questions. They're like, my daughter knows when born in the USA comes on, she goes, Oh, that's born in the USA. Like she, she's five and she can identify these things. My son, yeah. Um, if I put on other music sometimes, he'll be like, why aren't you listening to Bruce Springsteen? And Oh, that's great. And, um, he, he actually wears his shirt. So um, my friend Jackie, this is the person that's been a Bruce fan since 1973. She's been to probably 200 plus shows. So she's, okay. she's got me beat easily. Um, and she had gave us an old River Tour shirt from the actual tour. Yeah. Uh, I think from the Jersey stand from when he played uh, the arena. And okay. so my son now wears that shirt. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you that's know, great. I, 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 you know, I don't know if he's going to really, I, I have a feeling they'll have some Bruce residue just because they grow up in this house, but either they're going to hate him or they're going to appreciate him. And I think they'll probably appreciate him. Maybe, I don't think that they'll be humongous fans. Although my goal for the next tour is to definitely take them to a show or two, just so they can see why mommy and daddy are so crazy. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Good. Yeah, I, I, well, who knows? You might regret it taking them, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, 
That's right. Now you got to get four tickets instead of just having two. You got to get the four. Part that's, that's the part that's going to hurt. So I think it's yeah. going to be a lot more of that Philly plan where uh, you go this night, I go that night. Type yeah. Thing. It's, that's, that's a sacrifice of parenthood right there. Because Absolutely. Uh, Boy, that's, uh, that's, that's good parenting. Uh, <laughs> so let's um, talk to me about, you know, Western stars and letter to you. What were your thoughts of those latest releases? I love both of them, to be honest. Uh, Western Stars, I remember hearing the first single, actually the day we put our dog down uh, two years ago, um, and Hello Sunshine, and I just remember, like, you can hear the sadness in that song. Oh, kind yes. Of, you can, it fit really perfectly with, with what I was going through. And then when the album came out, I was just kind of in awe of how different that album sounded. I know it's it, not that it doesn't sound like Bruce Springsteen. I mean, it does, but these songs were, you know, had lush arrangements in a different way. And the lyrics were, I, you know, I thought they were actually quite different in some ways and more introspective than maybe we normally would be. Um, I love the film. We went and saw the, you know, the movie in the theater when it played. And then Letter to You is probably my favorite Bruce album since Magic. Wow. And, okay. and Magic is one of my top five albums so it's not not quite as high as magic for me but it's it's up there i think it i love how it sounds I, obviously that's partially because they recorded it together as opposed to uh, how they have been doing it and partially i just think um he had something to say you know yeah I, and i can't wait to, to hear that album yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing some songs of that um live and you know in fact when i i'm gonna ask you in a little bit of songs you want to hear in the future i always preface excluding you know everything from western stars letter <laughs> to you though of course there's certain you could talk about um it, it's just i i i'm obviously a fanboy i am you know i do a springsteen podcast so you know i'm a crazy you know fan but it is so cool that this late in his career to put out two very unique albums, you know, that, you know, to make, he, st he still has his fastball. I mean, you know, it's just, it's yeah. so, it's very impressive. I, I know I listened to your podcast quite a bit and I know that. Oh, you, that's you, sweet you, of you to say. Thank you. Oh, no, it's great. I love it. I mean, you can your passion for Bruce uh, shines through and you bring on a lot of great people and I do remember you telling a story multiple times about how somebody was like oh you're ruining your legacy and number one I agree with you you can't ruin that yeah. you can't ruin that right. legacy but he just adds to it to me because if I was a priest I know he wrote it 50 years ago but that that song on that album is perfection you know and it's not the only perfect song on that album but that's the one that I, I go to first, but uh, I agree with you. And it's just it it's so well put together. The the chorus and little Steven's little guitar solo at the end and just yeah. the the chorus and the the rhythms of it, I agree. It is just something really mm -hmm. special. It is. And then the, the darkness fanboy that I am, Jane yeah. the shooter, is like uh, inject that right into my veins. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Got that edge to it and the way like it's a song that if if he does play it live, I you know I, I imagine that will get the at least certain section of the crowd is going to be going crazy for it. But yeah, I think you know there's not many people in their early seventies who've been around for as long as he is, yeah. has been, are putting out stuff that challenges the listener and you know challenges him. And I, you know this isn't some throwaway. I have to go tour again. Let me just put an album together. He's He's putting out things that, you know, have meaning and sound great and are taking him to different places. So it's, we are very lucky, I think. And I, I'm, a, listen, I'm, a, I'm a fanboy too, so I, I don't know how yeah. <laughs> valid my opinions are or aren't. But. Well, and I, you know, what's like Linda, my wife will say, well, you're going to love whatever he does. And I go, you're right, Linda, I do. But, um, you know, right after Letter to You came out, um, Linda said, oh, what are you watching? I said, oh, there's a documentary. Oh, I want to watch that. I always like, she always enjoys the documentaries, like almost mm -hmm. any subject, but even uh, she especially likes the Bruce ones. And she, you know, we're watching this and she goes, oh, I like that song. 
oh i like that song and like oh i like that song too and um you know so at least two-thirds of the songs from the documentary um she loved and we were we had gone home to louisiana to visit my mom and we were driving home and uh we ended up putting letter to you and linda just you know enjoyed it immensely and she is at best a casual fan uh you know and but because it is there's a lot of great songs you know and um and i i'm so thrilled that you know he added i'll see you in my dreams to the broadway show i think that's amazing way to end from what i've heard my my friend jackie again yeah she's been to a couple of those shows and she's definitely she said that's one of the highlights as i would guess that it would be and you know i went to the the first uh, wave, I, I saw him in October of 17 and yeah. haven't been able to get back to one, you know, the price is a little. Yeah. You've yeah. got two kids to raise. I mean, you know, yeah. and it's same thing for me. I was like, no, I'm not going to be greedy. I saw it. But then when I heard that he changed it's a few songs, right I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Are you going to like, can you, can you reshoot? Like, I know you don't want to do another Netflix special, but is there like on demand so that we could see the newer version? I just want to see it so bad. Same here. My wife actually like, you can go. But I feel like that's something. It's weird because I'll be honest with you. When the next tour comes, I'm going to go to as many shows as I can. And I probably will go to some by myself. Yeah. Uh, it. But there's something about Broadway that I feel like if I don't bring my wife, I, I won't. It's too special to not, you know. Yeah, because well. she's as just as passionate as you are. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that yeah. that is and, not good. You yeah. know, and I just wanted to say because you did ask me for a crazy story. So I guess yeah. this is kind of crazy. Um, so my wife, big Bruce fan, her favorite, I think her favorite album and her favorite tour that she hasn't been that she hasn't seen that she loves yeah. to listen to is Human Touch, Lucky Counter. Okay. okay. Which I think is really cool because yeah. um, listening to it now, I'm like, well, I, I understand it's not the E Street Band. So I, that's why people kind of rebelled against it. But if you listen to the, like the most recent release they did back in May of that concert, that yes. was a really good show. It was a great show. And, and she, um, I just think it's cool because everybody has, most people, like my, my, Darkness on the Edge of Town is probably most Bruce fans, or at least second favorite, if not. Favorite. Yeah. But and she loves all that stuff too. Where she's like, she if she could see an album in full, she would pick probably Human Touch, which I would never want to see. Well, actually, right. I would want to see in full in some curiosity way. But um, it just speaks to how everybody's different. But I I, I find it like kind of cool that she's marches to the beat of her own drum there. But then, I love that. Yeah. yeah. But then she's not wrong because that tour, I, I'm like, you know what? I bet you that like, you can tell he's working his, you know, he's working really hard on that tour. Like you can tell that he's giving it every, like, not that he doesn't on every other tour, but I felt like he even, like he was, you could just, you could hear the work and feel the work in the music. And I thought, you know, man, that would be such a cool show to, to see. I totally agree that, you know, that other band gets short shift and, and absolutely they're not the E Street band, but they're like the MTV plugged and, you know, that mm-hmm. CD and you watch the DVD, you know, they they were rocking and it was good. And those were some great shows. They were so, at, Atlantic City is pretty damn good. On, you know, I agree. On, you know, and then obviously the, the, the I actually think Lucky Town is a great album anyway. I, yeah. you know, I think Human Touch, you know has some songs that I like, some songs that I don't, but yeah. Lucky Town, uh, the whole album is pretty good and, or, or, you know, close to great, I think. And those yeah. songs that they played, I thought they were as good as anything, but no, they're not the E Street Band. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, there's only one E Street Band. Yeah. So you mentioned Darkness probably is your favorite album. Are there others that, are there songs that have a meaning to you? Are do you and your lovely bride have a couple of songs that are special for you both? You know, um, it's a good question. I'm trying to think. And I mean, it, the songs that we experienced are, are like, you know, not necessarily the romantic songs. I mean, right. Yeah. If I should fall behind every married couple loves that song. Sure, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect example of what marriage should be. Uh, 
but even like something in the night, for instance, from darkness, um, when my wife's grandfather passed away like 13 years ago, she played that song a ton because you know, the wailing and the anger that you, and then the, the feeling of loss you get from that song. And that's something that I've always um, responded to is how he's able to kind of get to the feelings of disappointment or despair, but in a way that doesn't sound like you're whining. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to explain, but it's, he deals with it. Like, that's why I love darkness so much. It's basically like, okay, born to run is magic. Everything or magical. Everything is great. And even though it ends kind of darker with me across the river in jungle, Land, it was pretty much a hopeful album. Yeah. And then darkness is like, okay, this is what happens when stuff doesn't go your way, but you have to keep fighting. You have to keep moving. Um, which I'm sure, you know, who's you know been through what you've been through. I'm sure yeah, that absolutely. probably with you quite a bit too. Yeah, uh, I do, and you know, and as you know, because you listen to the podcast, "Better Days" is one of my favorite songs, and the idea of you just enjoying the journey, you know, yeah. focus on you know what's happening now. Um, that's good. I, I I love that. So. Um, are there songs that you've got on your wish list? Like, do you have a, do you have like your bingo card of like, you know, seeing 83 shows? I've, I know you've heard a lot of songs, but are there a few uh, you're still chasing? Yes. Um, Tunnel of Love is one of my favorite albums. Okay. And one Step I love Up that album is too. one of my, yeah, one, one Step Up is one of my favorite yeah. songs. And I have not heard that live yet. And I really love to see that live once at least. Um, another song, and I'm sure I'll never hear this song live, but I love Nothing Man off of the Rising. Yeah. Um, and they're not, those both songs are examples of really slow songs that, that don't get played. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, I was in Houston, right? And where there was a sign request, One Step Up, you know, and uh, and he he did it. And, you know, I, I love that because, you know, he says, you know, you have made your bed. So we do not know this song, you know, and he's got the whole E Street band with the horns and the backup singer doing it. It's a great version. You know, it sounded great. I I actually bought that show because of that. Uh, um, I wanted to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to have that because that's the only time he's played that song with the E Street band. I think might be period. Yeah. Since like maybe the tour. Like, you know, played, when they were doing Tunnel of Love tour, maybe. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah, what since it, they appeared. I mean, since, yeah. Yeah, since the Tunnel of Love, because I know yeah. he played it on the Delves and Dust tour, but... Um, right. So, yeah, I, that, that would be one. And then, um, besides Nothing Man, I'm trying to think if there's any others that are, you know... I've been lucky enough because of all the full album shows I got to see. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know... I'm, I'll be honest with you. I still, I've, I've seen it, you know, four times, but I still want to hear "Born in the USA" full band um, yeah. as many times as I can. I, I wish he'd play that more uh, in the in the states. I know why he doesn't to a point. I, you know, he doesn't like how it's been misinterpreted. But yeah, it's, to me, it's one of his. Obviously, I've loved it since I was four, but I also think yeah. it just it, it it'll tear the roof off of any place when he plays. Yeah, it is. It is good to see and. Um, it and it is funny when you think about it like we've talked about this on the podcast right that you know he picks very you know he only selects a few from the born in the usa album i mean you know his most successful commercially Mm -hmm. album and he you know it isn't like he makes sure all seven you know top 10 singles get played every night he just picks you know a few uh you know, I think I've heard Glory Days only once. I've seen him only like 15 times. So I think I've only heard Glory Days five once, maybe, you know, be- as much as you think you would that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's the choice of like Dancing in the Dark or Glory Days. I'm doing Dance in the Dark because I bring the one on stage. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. Well, good. Yeah, it's um, becoming, yeah, ideally, ideally. yeah, it is. Uh, so, um anything I should have asked you that I haven't yet. Is there any other uh, stories that I, I didn't think to ask? Um, no, I think, I think, I can't think of anything. Okay. Thorough. Good, good. Well, I'm good. All right. So um, let's go to the Mary question. So if you're Alex's friend and you are listening to this podcast for the first time, 
because you love Alex and wanted to hear him tell great stories. Uh, the Mary question is what we end every podcast with. Uh, Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, he's recently retired in the Philadelphia area, would every year have his seniors in high school spend two days breaking apart uh, Thunder Road as a poem. They would talk about the imagery, the, the language Bruce uses, the themes of the song. And at the end of the two days, Jay would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? Alex, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Yes. Um, I've always, I've, I've heard you ask a lot of people that question. And um, I think the last person I heard, Diego, I believe was his name. Had that yes. Um, right now I can't remember how he phrased it. It was kind of how I've always thought about it. As we're on this, we wouldn't be on this journey if she didn't get in that car. Right. I think that um, for a lot of people, when you hear them do the guest spots on East Street Radio, they talk about how Thunder Road was like their invitation from Bruce, and even he's called that like his invitation to. The yes, family. he has. And so, yeah, the, the, I, to me, there's no way she doesn't get in the car. And I, and I even have heard, you know, the. You mentioned that somebody's theory that when he plays it the slower version or you know, when he does the humming, I always yeah. thought that was more. He didn't start doing that till after Clarence died, so I've always felt that was more uh, a Clarence thing. And then obviously when he played acoustic, there's nobody to, to do the horn anyway. But I I, I kind of took it more to be like a a way to remember Clarence over me. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that before, Alex. That's a really good thought. Uh, that's mainly because the first time he played the song like that, he did that yeah. at the Stone Pony, I think, mm-hmm. and all the fans were doing it with him. And to me, that was like their way to to kind of honor Clarence. But um, I guess the only other way I could see it was maybe that song is him being older and Mary maybe has gotten out of the car by then, but she definitely gets in the car. Whether she stays in the car is another story. Okay, very good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, if someone wants to reach you, are you on any social media? Um, I don't do a lot of posting, but I am on Twitter at Alec underscore Solomita. Okay. Um, and I'm on Instagram, but I'll be honest and tell you, I, I don't remember my handle off the top of my head. Well, I, I never get on Instagram, so I, you're okay with that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Alex underscore Solomita. Yep. Okay, yes, great. All right, Alex, this was great. Um, you know, we should have you and your wife on together sometimes when you could work out your babysitting. That would be fun to have a couple show on. I've only I've done that only a couple of times, and every time I do, that's been a blast. I I, I think she'd be up for. I think that'd be great. We just have yeah. to actually, you know, around this time is perfect because we they're at least they're asleep by now. Okay, we, good. But um, that sounds great. Thank you for having me. As I said before, I think you do a great job. I love the podcast. And, you know, that's, that's, I appreciate that. That very, It's very kind. I, I'm so happy you joined me. And hopefully we will see each other at a show next year. Um, that's, you know, it, and, and we can exchange a hug and, you know, just be together in our Bruce family. So that sounds great. I would love that. Good. Any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Uh, not, I guess not really. Just uh, everybody stay safe out there. Get vaccinated if you're not already. And um, let's all hope that you know, next year the world's okay enough that we get to go see Bruce. Well said. I, I agree that. Uh, like Alex said, please go get vaccinated. Um, tend to ignore the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida. Definitely. Follow the science wear your mask, remember to social distance. Let's be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this for now. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. 
There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.